This is Jim Sheriff, and welcome to the first official episode of Contrary Evidence. This week, we're going to look into the debate regarding Biden's $2.3 trillion infrastructure plan. This plan has been repositioned and renamed the America's Jobs Plan. Moody's Analytics estimates that the plan would generate 2.7 million new jobs over the next 10 years. The U.S. currently ranks 13th in the world in the quality of our infrastructure, and there has generally been bipartisan support for making some big investments in our aging roads and bridges. We will analyze Biden's plan from two perspectives. First, scope and scale. What is in the plan? Second, funding. How will the plan be funded? Let's start by trying to define some boundaries on what is meant by infrastructure. Infrastructure includes tangible and durable assets to facilitate everyday life and the economy at large. Most everyone agrees that infrastructure includes transportation and essential utilities. Transportation includes roads, bridges, railways, airports, and seaports. Essential utilities include electricity, water, gas, and telecommunications. Many believe that it also includes healthcare, public education, and government facilities, and I will consider these elements as infrastructure as well. Biden's plan expands beyond those categories and includes affordable housing, investments in childcare and elderly care, and government-funded research and innovation. Breaking it down, Biden's plan invests $412 billion in transportation infrastructure. It invests $201 billion in essential utilities. The total investment in healthcare, public education, and government facilities is $165 billion. Biden's plan includes $1.2 trillion in his expanded categories of infrastructure that are not tangible or durable assets. The largest components of that include $400 billion for home or community-based care for the elderly and people with disabilities. $480 billion for various government research initiatives. $174 billion to accelerate the transition to electric cars. And $100 billion in workforce development programs. The plan is roughly 40% focused on tangible and durable infrastructure assets, and 60% focused on other initiatives. Many of the non-infrastructure investments are focused on green energy initiatives, and that has caused some conservatives to label the plan the New Green Deal. Now let's look at how this plan would be funded. Biden plans to pay for the infrastructure plan by raising corporate taxes. During Trump's term as president, the maximum corporate tax rate was lowered from 35% to 21%. Biden proposes to raise it halfway back to 28% and establish a minimum global tax rate of 21%. This minimum global tax means that if companies move profits to countries with tax rates below 21%, the U.S. would collect an additional tax to bring the total tax to 21%. As a point of reference, the weighted average corporate tax rate in both Europe and Asia is approximately 25%. The impacts of corporate tax rates are widely debated. 
There are economists that believe that corporations simply pass on the additional tax cost to consumers, and as such, the corporate tax increases fall on consumers. By the same logic, we would have seen a big decrease in consumer prices when the tax rate dropped from 35% to 21%. I have found no evidence that this occurred. And this theory assumes that corporations have almost unlimited pricing power. When the corporate tax rate was lowered in 2017, some economists indicated that the increased profits would be used to hire more employees, give employees raises, or make new capital investments. The evidence on this is mixed and complicated. In reality, corporations only hire the number of employees needed to support the business. They pay employees enough to be competitive with other companies for the talent they need. Lastly, they make capital investments based on a formula tied to the cost of capital, estimated risk, and the expected return on the investment. Having more after-tax profits makes capital available for hiring, for raises, and investments, but companies may choose to use this capital in very different ways. And they did. Much of the increased profit was used to increase stock dividends and to increase stock buybacks. These moves help drive up stock prices. In the U.S., roughly 90% of stocks are owned by the wealthiest 10% of the population. Although everyone with a 401k or individual stock ownership likely saw some benefit from the boom in the stock market, the vast majority of the benefits flowed to the wealthy. The last argument against higher corporate taxes is that it reduces the competitiveness of U.S. companies battling in the global markets. Tax rates are clearly one of many factors in determining global competitiveness. The quality of the local infrastructure is a significant factor in competitiveness, and U.S. companies should benefit greatly from the improved infrastructure. The U.S. has many competitive advantages, including well-defined rules of law, the efficiency of our capital markets, and the dynamism of our labor markets. It is not clear that an increase in our corporate tax rate would significantly impact our global competitiveness. The most recent debate for funding the infrastructure plan, particularly for roads and bridges, is to increase the federal gasoline tax. The federal gasoline tax is currently 18.4 cents per gallon and has not been raised since 1993. The cumulative inflation rate since 1993 has been approximately 84%, and an inflation-adjusted rate would be 33.9 cents. The arguments for raising the gasoline tax are threefold. First, it allocates taxes to the users of the infrastructure. This means that the people that use the roads help pay for the roads. The second argument for increasing this tax is that it encourages moves towards green energy. The last argument is that we have gone 27 plus years since raising it and it is long overdue. The primary argument against raising the gas tax to pay for infrastructure is that use taxes, such as gasoline taxes, are inherently regressive. In other words, these types of taxes disproportionately hurt people with lower incomes, while their impacts on wealthy people are very minimal. 
Raising the gasoline tax to 33.9 cents per gallon will generate less than $35 billion per year and is not sufficient by itself to fund the infrastructure plan, though it can be a major contributor. The four mentioned are the facts. When I look at these facts, I come to four conclusions. Spending 600 to 800 billion dollars in infrastructure is needed and can be paid for by the increase in the corporate taxes. The 1.2 to 1.4 trillion in other spending might be wise, but it should not be bundled with the critical needs for infrastructure spending. In fact, the magnitude and focus of the research investments will likely put the government in the position of choosing winners and losers in new technology. This does not usually end well. There is some downside to raising the corporate tax rates to 28%, but certainly we should be able to raise it to at least 25% without hurting our global competitiveness. With our other advantages, a 28% tax rate should not be problematic. And lastly, we should also raise the gasoline tax. This is long overdue and appropriate, but we need to include provisions in the tax code to offset the impacts on lower income individuals. The dysfunction of Congress encourages the dominant party to go big with fewer bills that are far more comprehensive. The problem with going too big is it causes distortion in analyzing the marginal value of the secondary legislative components. In other words, if you're already spending $2 trillion, how much scrutiny will a mere $50 billion in additional spending receive? Large bundles may be more efficient from a legislative point of view, but they lead to undisciplined cost-benefit analysis and waste. The following weeks and months will give us some indication at how successful Joe Manchin will be in bringing the Republicans to the table to negotiate a bipartisan infrastructure bill. This negotiation is likely to take months. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and review, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the newest episodes. Have a good week and talk to you soon. <music>